Hey, Trumpcast listeners, Virginia Heffernan here. You're about to hear a short excerpt from today's episode of Trumpcast. It's riveting, but to listen to the full episode, you need to be a Slate Plus member. That's no hardship. You can join now at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus and listen to the whole episode and all episodes of Trumpcast ad-free. We've started making one in four Trumpcast episodes exclusive to Slate Plus members, and these are some of the best ones. We hope you'll join to hear the show and to support the work that we do here at Slate. You'll get no ads on any of our podcasts and extra content from Slate shows like Slow Burn and the Slate Political Gab Fest. So sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus to get every single Trumpcast episode in full. It's only $35 for the first year. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Okay, you know how the FBI is investigating the president of these United States for being a national security risk because he works for a hostile foreign dictator who hates the United States and thus is holding the country hostage? Well, If that investigation had closed and turned up nothing, well, that would be a great selling point for Trump and his apologists. But they aren't somehow um, selling that point. I mean, if I were McConnell or some just random MAGA person and Congress leaked that the FBI had paranoically looked into Donald Trump as a Kremlin tool, but found that he's pure as the driven snow, I mean, I would have told everyone that. Facebook would know up to Mark Zuckerberg. Everyone at the rallies would know. They would say witch hunt and he'd been cleared by the FBI. You know, it would seem to um, help Trump in 2020 if he'd been clearly found innocent of the highest crime a president has ever been suspected of. So let's maybe assume that the FBI CI investigation has not wrapped and that the president is still doing things, bigger, bolder things that serve not the United States or the people, but one Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin, and that he may still present a national security threat, but that investigators may be catching up with him. Now, this insight comes from my guest today. She's the peerless Asha Rangappa, former FBI special agent, professor at Yale, and contributor to CNN and Just Security. Last time she was on Trumpcast, she taught me how to conduct a pre-dawn no-knock raid. Pre-dawn no-knock raid. I want to conduct one someday. Today, she's going to teach me how to investigate a president as a national security threat. I'll be back with Asha in just a minute. But first, are you in sunny Los Angeles, swimming pools, movie stars around February 7th? Well, so is Trumpcast. Join us for cocktails at 6 o'clock and then a live show at 7.30 at the Ace Hotel Theater in L.A. For tickets, go to slate.com slash live. That's slate.com slash live. We would love to see you there. Asha, welcome back to Trumpcast. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm excited to be back. So you're so good at explaining procedure and making very clear uh, what the FBI does. I want to go back again to the day of Comey's firing. So May 9th, 2017, um, just a shock to everyone. 
the crazy scuttling of the pretext for firing him, which initially was that he'd been mean to Hillary Clinton. That was not all that persuasive. H.R. McMaster's role, Rod Rosenstein's role, uh, you know, that was a, a day of a certain kind of trauma or at least the beginning of a kind of adrenaline um, that hasn't left us since. And, you know, Steve Bannon called that the worst choice ever in the presidency. I mean, the worst possible thing they could have done. And when he said that, he said that um, because he said it led to the appointment of Robert Mueller. There are other reasons I think he said that, and we can t- we can talk more about this, but one of the things that Michael Wolf says in his book is that it was actually firing Comey was a Kushner idea came, coming partly from Charlie Kushner, you know, the the father, the the felon father who didn't want really? that investigation, yes, to reach out to Kushner Enterprises or organization um, because they knew it was going to push into their businesses. You would think the dad would know better since he was investigated and sent to jail. And yes. knows that you don't really stop investigations once they start. That's right. Well, he was trying to interfere in the investigation into him uh, paying off McGreevy, which is why he ended up going to jail for witness tampering. So stopping investigations is definitely in everybody's playbook. In any case, he fires Comey. And um, and then we're told that the FBI investigation started even before Mueller was appointed. What did those days look like? If you were going to guess at the FBI, you see Comey fired. You see Trump say uh, to Lester Holt that he fired Comey for this Russia thing. The next day, he meets with Sergei uh, Kislyak in the Oval Office, and only Russian media is allowed in. I mean, which part of this is jaw-dropping, and how do you act? What do you fill out? What forms do you do? What do you get? Do you already have enough tape in everything we saw, you know, the concerned citizens saw, or did they have something more that served as a pretext for the investigation? I think they definitely had much more. And so, okay, just kind of as as backdrop, what what we call the Russia investigation, um, what was reported in the New York Times as, uh, you know, Operation Crossfire Hurricane, um, that's an umbrella name for multiple individual cases on different threads of the Russian foreign intelligence operation of election interference. Mm-hmm. So what that would consist of is cases, oh, individual cases opened on Russian nationals, Russian companies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that they might be believe that are involved in this, uh, known intelligence officers of Russia who they believe are um, involved in this. And then what happens is kind of like a fractal um, mm. You know, now that they start investigating those, they they start to be able to monitor, you know, who they're in contact with. And so when they, you know, are in contact, looks like it's uh, an intelligence related contact, they can open a case on that individual. And so it kind of, you know, spreads out into a network because what you're trying to do is establish what is this intelligence network? Because, you know, intelligence uh Agencies always have human sources that are helping them on the ground. Um, and how do we uncover what they're doing and what they're collecting and what they're planning to do so that we can thwart it? So in the course of this, they are going to, you know, necessarily at some point they're going to flip some of these people. So they're going to be collecting intelligence. They're going to be knowing what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, remember, they got Michael Flynn 
talking to the Russian ambassador secretly um, right after, you know, so they're they're collecting all of this and they're starting to get a picture of, you know, they issued a report in early January that Russia did indeed interfere in this election. Um, And they so they have this whole background and Mm -hmm. we don't know exactly what they were seeing in terms of context between the campaign, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So when Trump fires Comey and he says, I did it because of Russia and I did it to relieve uh, the pressure that was on me. I mean, pressure by whom? Okay, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and is he trying to do this to prevent uh, discovery uh, of what we're already we, we've already gathered of, of these, you know, contacts and communications between all these members of the campaign and Russia. And what role does he play in that? Is he is he involved in this? Is he beholden to this foreign power? Is he was he somehow feeling pressured or compelled to make sure that none of this gets exposed? And so that's the conversation and what would happen is this then becomes another one of the individual cases that's opened under this big umbrella that probably has 10 or 20 or 30 or 100 we don't know mm-hmm. uh cases going on um and it would be opened with an opening documentation called an EC an EC stands for electronic communication because mm. i guess that was pretty special when it first started <laughs> um and it's you know and it's going to have a it's going to have a number and that and and it may also uh, reference numbers of other cases to which this may be relevant. So they're mm-hmm. all kind of cross-referenced. Um, tidbit is that J. Edgar Hoover worked at the Library of Congress before he became director of the FBI. So mm-hmm. the very intricate cross-reference system to keep everything um, connected. Mm-hmm. And that would that opening EC would basically lay out why everything that they know, and this can also come from other investigations that they've done, um, makes them believe that these actions uh, taken by the president, including his rationale for them, may indicate that he is beholden to a foreign power and they, that this investigation needs to determine um, the nature of that threat. So that's the teaser for today's show. Aren't you tantalized? Don't you want to hear the whole thing? Well, now's your chance. You can sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast plus to get every single Trumpcast episode, all of it, no ads. It's only $35 for the first year. Go to slate.com slash Trumpcast plus.